Welcome to Through the Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Yurimkiv, and I'm so glad you're joining me today. Let's go through the Bible and talk about insights, revelations, and perspectives for transformation in every area of life. All right, let's get down to business. I talked to you up in the last few episodes about reading the Bible without feeling bad, and hopefully you got insight and motivation to read through the Bible, especially those three books that we talked about. But now, let's make it a little bit more complex. In today's episode, we're going through Exodus and talking about leaving old ways behind. This is super fitting because, in essence, that's what the Israelites struggled with after their exodus from Egypt. It took God one day to take them out of Egypt and about 40 years to take Egypt out of them. So Exodus is the second book of the Bible. The word Exodus means departure. It recounts the story of the Israelites, the Hebrew people, the descendants of Jacob from the book of Genesis. There seems to be a main character here, Moses, who is called by God through a burning bush to lead his people out of Egypt, to lead God's people out of Egypt. It was the end of their oppression and the beginning of the fulfillment of the covenant promise that God made to Abraham. Anyway, they leave Egypt with Moses's leadership from their enslaved lifestyle, which is foundational to learn and practice in Christianity. There's what I call zoom-ins of specific characters, situations, and even words. But in the context of leaving our old ways behind, it's crucial that we learn to do a couple of things as we read the Bible. First, we gotta get better at asking questions and challenging our own beliefs, especially ones that we learn by tradition. And I don't say this like because when I first realized that it was okay to do this, that it was okay to ask questions and challenge your belief systems and the things that you were told not to ask about when you were younger, um, I actually ended up, I actually went through a belief crisis. The more questions I asked, the more I challenged what I believed about God and the Bible and the things that I was taught or heard, the more confused I became about the whole Christianity thing. It was a pretty terrifying experience because it was also what strengthened my foundation and trust in God in the longer run. It felt like I was really shaken to the core that I was like stripped away from any and all knowledge of what I knew growing up and believed about God and the Bible and the and especially the church. Many people actually stray away from God when they deconstruct because the belief crisis is truly scary. But I want to encourage you that by doing so, by specifically asking questions and challenging our beliefs and the traditions that we're taught, it will help us in the long run. And I'll share more about this in a bit. The second piece is that we got to figure out our own uh, method to the madness. That's probably not the best wording for it, but it helps me understand that we all process information differently, that each of our Bible studying will look differently. The key with whatever method we decide to use is actually applying the word to our lives and obeying God. The reason I wanted to bring this point up is because people have asked me in the past, like, how, how do you read the Bible? And how do you make it stick? And what do you do? And how do you memorize? And you're so wise and you know so much and you're doing this and you're doing that etc, etc. And the most tangible piece of advice I can give to you, I can give to that, is just to keep reading the Bible as much as you can. Make it a priority to read the Bible and try different study methods. Try them all as you can, but don't keep 
putting it off and hoping it will look a certain way when you're older or when you're in a better season or whatever is the reason that is making you put it off. If you compare yourself to people on social media, at church, in your friend groups, even your past self, you're killing your motivation to read the Bible as a whole. Make it your priority to get in the Word and study in a way that works best for you. And you can try different types of studies as you keep going through it. This will look different in different seasons of life, but it doesn't mean you don't have a method. You do. It just takes some time figuring out. When we ask questions and challenge our beliefs and traditions, we will quickly find that our Christian culture is actually very influenced by tradition. I mean, think about the stories that you might already know from the Bible or about the Bible, including from Exodus. I don't want to sugarcoat that asking questions might lead you through a belief crisis, but because this is the ugly side that nobody really talks about, I also don't want to scare you from doing so or from reading the Bible as a whole because going through it is really a refining process. Going through the questioning and the challenging is a refining process for you personally, and it only brings you closer to God. It brings you closer to truth. And everyone's experience is different. This isn't to scare or steer us away from church and faith and, you know, say, why is everyone doing things like that when we're, you know, when the Bible says this and then you get mad at each other and argue and all that. This is to encourage us to ask questions more often with the intent to learn and pursue God's truth and remind each other to edify each other of what the truth actually is. This way, we base our foundation on truth versus tradition and get a better understanding of biblical context without cherry-picking verses or leaning on tradition too much. For example, when I started asking questions and actually looking at the footnotes in my Bible and picked up some resources along the way, I came across some really interesting points that I had never considered in the past. I had just trusted that what I heard growing up was 100% accurate. And when I meet people, I find that a lot of people do this. A lot of people still trust what they learned when they were in Sunday school or what they heard their grandma who went to church talk about. I also find that people come up with their own traditions and their own styles of reading and studying the Bible that they don't want to break away from that, that what God has told them in the past is exactly what it is. But we need to allow ourselves to keep going through the refining process to keep learning and relearning principles in the Bible, because it's not that the Bible changes, it's we change and we start to reflect Christ more and more. And so when we keep asking questions and keep challenging the truth and keep exploring and discovering biblical context, we actually chisel away all of the tradition, all of the extra things that cover up the truth and that might just really steer us away from believing what God actually has for us. So since we're in Exodus, that's where we'll take the first example that I want to share with you. So in Exodus 14, God instructed Moses to stretch his hand over the sea that it may come back upon the Egyptians, their chariots and horsemen, while the children of Israel walked on dry land in the midst of the sea with the waters as walls to their right and to their left. So what was the name of the sea which God parted for the Israelites? In Exodus 14, there's no actual name for it. It just says sea. In the next chapter, Exodus 15, there's what many Bibles have actually titled the Song of the Sea. It's a poetic song of praise to God that says, Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. This is where we get the traditional story of God parting the Red Sea for the children of Israel. Most Bibles should include a footnote that says, L-I-T period C of reads. If yours doesn't, 
find one that does and one that has other footnotes in it and use the cross-references in that because that would be super helpful. So is it the Red Sea, the Reed Sea, or just the sea? Not that knowing this piece of information will actually revolutionize our faith and walk with God or anything like that, but this is an example of learning how the Bible was translated and transliterated over time and how it's often that we lean more on tradition and what someone said from the pulpit or what someone said at home um, rather than what's in God's word, what which is truth. When we take steps to explore biblical context a little bit more, we will find that the Things we grew up believing traditionally about God and the Bible and the stories in it start to fall off. They start to get shaky and then we actually get closer to the truth. Our exploration of the truth and asking these kinds of questions and like really just exploring it in our own Bible reading time eventually does revolutionize our faith and our walk with God. So it's not for nothing that I'm sharing this. These little points in our Bible, these footnotes, these cross-references, they are important to pay attention to because a lot of times, um, and this is especially important to preachers and teachers, might misread something or misinterpret something and the next thing you know a cult is made or something, something of the sort or, you know, a whole new denomination is birthed out of that. And so, it's just important for us individually to get into the words to actually know what it's talking about. And I'm excited to share these kinds of examples in future episodes because, I oh mean, like they're kind of like coming into my mind and I'm like, okay, don't share it because we're talking about Exodus. So another point, I actually just learned this today, is when to accurately call God's people Israelites versus Hebrews versus Jews. So depending on different times of the Bible and the things that they were going through, you would call them one of these three names differently. So like, for example, you wouldn't call an earlier biblical character like Moses a Jew. I, I never knew that. I actually you know, interchangeably just used, and I might have done that in this episode where I interchangeably used Israelites and Hebrews and Jews. And so it's important to understand that the word Hebrew was specifically associated with Exodus and the ones earlier are Israelites. And then later on there's Jews. So like finding out these little things just kind of makes you a little bit more accurate and more knowledgeable. Having that kind of information, it can have a ripple effect on other things that you read in the Bible. So when we're going through books like Exodus, you know, it's important to know that kind of information. And then also to like discover, was it Reed Sea? Was it Red Sea? I don't know. But I mean, well, I actually do know now because I've read about it. Um, as I mentioned earlier, there are many ways and methods to study the Bible. I recently saw a page on Instagram that specifically promotes doing character studies. And the person that runs this page dedicates an entire two pages to a single character and dissects everything they can about them throughout the Bible. So they zoom in on Moses, they zoom in on Zipporah and Aaron and Miriam, and they do these character studies that really helps you understand like who these people in the Bible were. And I've never done that, but I'm super inspired to give it a try at some point and especially with the book of exodus because there's a lot of characters in it um i might actually just start doing that now some other methods are doing topic studies so you'd highlight a theme throughout the book you're reading and then use a breakdown method for it like soap or reap or 
GREL, whatever other acronyms that help provoke thought. You can Google them to get more information. Just do like SOAP method. There's also story or situation studies, which I, I personally like a lot. And this is where you fixate on the entire story and ask God to highlight what you need to know and just let him speak to you through those stories and, you know, just paraphrase, reword it in your journal so that you can process it. There are word study methods, devotional methods, biographical, et cetera, et cetera, and so many methods. But the point is to not get overwhelmed by all of these methods and to just start and figure out what works best for you. So something that worked for me a few years ago, which is something that I reference quite a bit now, was every time the story would shift to a different character, I changed the color of my highlighter and my pens. So now when I reference or need something, I, I can know that like, oh, okay, Abraham was blue or Isaac was pink and Jacob was green, whatever other colors I picked. In Exodus specifically, most of my highlights and markings in there are green because I just stuck with green wherever Moses was mentioned. And that color method really helps me remember where certain things of the Bible are written. What I'm doing right now is I first read without any resources and I try to comprehend as much as I can. So I just think about it. I pause a little bit more often and I highlight and I mark up what stands out or what doesn't make sense. Even I put question marks there. And then after I'm done reading the chapter, I pull out a resource I check those marked up verses and I take notes. And then finally, if I receive a revelation or just a deeper understanding about something, I journal about it in as great detail as possible. I feel like where I'm at in my life right now, I want to document my thinking process as much as I can. So that's, that's kind of what my Bible study looks like right now. So here are some resources for you to consider when you're reading through Exodus and through the rest of the Bible. As you read, I suggest pacing yourself. I mean, take notes and really ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you every step of the way because at the end of the day, we can't do it without him. We shouldn't do it without him. And just remind yourself to have fun doing this too. Personally, for me, I can get so bogged down with the religiosity of it and doing things a certain way that it actually hinders me from growing in God. So I'm, I'm encouraging you as I am myself. Don't get bogged down. Don't get caught up in the religiosity. Have fun with it. Yes, there will be growing pains and you might not always have a pleasant experience, reading through the Bible, or there might be days where you don't see any fruit or just any progress with yourself or with your Bible reading or whatever it is. But even on those days, just remind yourself to have fun with it, even when you go through the genealogies. And I promise I have some really good information about that. So trust God and try to break away from the things that you always knew. You'll be pleasantly surprised at what you'll find and the things that you'll learn and discover. So here are some of the resources that I used. These were actually very helpful when I went through that belief crisis and felt like I had nothing to hold on to. And these helped position me to get on the right track to find the truth. And these also inspired me and encouraged me to find people who are willing and open to talk about these things as well. So that would be another tip that I would give is to find people that you can talk to about this stuff because it can it can feel very lonely and you you don't want that. You want to you know have people that can edify you as well as you edify them. So the first three books that I recommend are by Lois Tverberg. I hope I'm saying her name right. Sitting at the Feet of Rabbi Jesus, Walking in the Dust of Rabbi Jesus, and Reading the Bible with Rabbi Jesus. The next one is by Amanda Hope Haley 
who I've actually gotten to know personally over the past year. She's a biblical archaeologist and is just a wealth of wisdom and knowledge about the Bible and life in general. She has a few books out, but the one I'm recommending based on our conversation is Mary Magdalene Never Wore Blue Eyeshadow. Yep, that's the full title of it. And this is where I learned about the Red Sea versus Reed Sea. She gives a fantastic explanation about that whole thing, so you'll have to read it. She also worked on the voice translation Bible, which is one I want to get sometime soon, though if you saw my bookshelf, you You'd probably say that I shouldn't. I have too many Bibles at this point. The next one I actually reference quite a bit, and it's David Guzik's Enduring Word Commentary. I absolutely love using this one, and I use it daily. Like, even when I'm randomly thinking of verses, I'll pull this one up and look at what he has to say about it, because I really like his approach to it, and I, I think it's very helpful, very insightful, and also unbiased. I like how unbiased he is. I also highly recommend using the Bible itself. I've mentioned that a few times. Cross-references and footnotes are a game-changer, so if you don't want to use any of these resources, look in your Bible. Pay attention to those footnotes, pay attention to those references, because the Bible, it will explain itself. You don't need a bunch of extra resources because the Bible does a great job at explaining itself. I would also like to recommend the Jewish New Testament commentary. I've yet to get the complete Jewish study Bible for myself, but same thing like I mentioned earlier, I may or may not just collect Bibles for the rest of my life, but I mean, I just got to make sure I do something with them, like this podcast. So if you enjoyed this episode, please let me know by sharing it with your friends and tagging me on social media or texting me that you shared it with someone, or you could leave a review, which will absolutely make my day. I'll also leave the resource links in the episode description and hope that you find them helpful. Did you know that Psalms is the third longest book in the Bible? Not only that, but it has the longest chapter in the Bible with a total of 176 verses, which we'll go through next week. Thanks for listening. Join me next week to go through the Bible to discover more insights, revelations, and perspectives. To interact with me and other listeners, make sure you subscribe and follow this podcast channel on Spotify, Apple, and Instagram. Leave a review if you can. I'm your host, Tanya Yeremkiv, and I'm here to inspire and empower you to find transformation in every area of your life through the Bible. Catch you next week.